But what I'm saying is if you're getting tapped by a dream and if you had the initial like hit of, whoa, that feels good, that feels fun, that's amazing, that dream, if you nurture it, that's gonna grow. Like that's your puppy. If you Mm. decide to nurture it every day. What's up, babe? Welcome to Boldly Courageous, a podcast created for you, the ambitious woman who is ready to take action and step fully into the life you've always dreamed of. I'm your host, Melissa Martin, and each week I will be your virtual wingwoman as you gain the tools and confidence to face your fears head on. The time is now, and this is your permission slip to live your boldly courageous life. Are you ready, babe? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous podcast. I am so honored and excited for you to hear from my next guest, Lori Harder. Lori is someone who I am honored to call my friend, my mentor, and she's truly the example of what it looks like to live a boldly courageous life. She literally makes it her mission to do the scary things, push her edge, and consistently grow in a way that will not only elevate herself, but the women around her. She's literally obsessed with creating community and empowering other women to live unapologetically in their truth, in their pursuit of living a life that they love. Lori is a transformational speaker and thought leader that helps facilitate change using mindfulness, wellness, health, and self-love. She helps people lock in their transformations by teaching how to create lasting relationships that support long-term goals. As a successful entrepreneur running two, soon to be three, seven-figure businesses, a network marketing professional, an author, TEDx speaker, 10-time cover model, and three-time fitness world champion, Lori offers a carefully curated set of practical tools to promote sustainable health, spiritual well-being, and emotional thriving. She is the creator of the Top 100 Earn Your Happy podcast with over 20 million downloads. She's the founder of the Bliss Project event with thousands of women who've attended and also the best-selling author of A Tribe Called Bliss, one of my absolute favorite books. Throughout her career, Lori has regularly appeared on the covers of Oxygen Magazine, Strong Fitness Magazine, Health and Fitness Magazine, Prosper Magazine, and she's been featured on NBC, Fox, TLC Network, Forbes, and Fast Company. This episode is going to give you the tools and the permission that you need to take action towards living your boldly courageous life, starting the the business that you want, following your dreams, and literally just the permission to do what feels good. So let's dive in. All right, guys, welcome back to Boldly Courageous. And today is honestly like, whoo, bucket list for me. Such an honor to have you here, Lori Harder, my ultimate dream crush, girl crush, (laughs) in not a weird way, but um, (laughs) I mean that in a totally normal way. I know you get it. Um, Lori, what I love about you is just your willingness to really do the hard work and be so transparent about it. I think in this time that we live in right now with social media, there's a lot of focus on perfection. Mm -hmm. And what makes you who you are is the fact that you are willing to go to those places and share things that most people wouldn't do. And as a result, you've created this deep sense of trust 
in your community and authenticity that I think is really, really rare. And I just love your weirdness as well. Like I'm a weird person <laughs> too. So thank you so much for being here. Oh my God. I'm so excited to be here. Um, number one, I always love conversations with you. Number two, holy crap, finally a podcast because you need to be talking to the world. And I just thank God that you recognize my weirdness um, and you appreciate it because that's my number one like favorite trait about myself. So mm. the weirdness <laughs> in me recognizes the weirdness in you yes. for sure. We need those t-shirts. Yeah. Oh, we should make those t-shirts. I, I like that. Okay. There's a new business right there. See, this is how businesses are formed. It's just, hey, so Done. we got to go. Yeah. We got to go start designing. <laughs> okay. So I want to know what's one boldly courageous thing you've done lately? Oh my God. Um, yesterday I had to reach out to people to be on my advisory board to get on different phone calls. So I'm reaching out to people that I'm like, are you kidding me? I can't believe I'm sending this email right now or this text or whatever this is and just like sending it and letting it be okay, whatever happens or comes back or whatever they say or feel like it, they're big, bold asks. Um, yeah, it's scary. Mm. I'm having okay. to do it every day, like literally something every single day. So, okay. So I love this because I'm feeling this as well. Um, launching this podcast literally tomorrow as we're recording this today, um, <laughs> which I'm so excited about. And so I'm curious, is there, is there a process? So what do you do to get yourself in the energy of actually sending that text message? Because I, I know for me, I will sit in resistance for, I don't know, like two years before I actually do something. And that scares me, but I know that this is a muscle that you've flexed over and over. So what's the process to send those text messages? Like, what do you have to do? Say to myself, what do you want? And then I say to myself, what don't you want? And the answer is the only way to cure that is to do something different than you're doing in that feeling. And for me, it's like, I want to stop living this halfway life, this what if life, this on the fence life, like this choosing to be indecisive because that's a choice. Nothing happens there. It's not fun. Um, you're not clear. You're not a magnet to attract what you want. You, um, you're kind of just this in-between person who's in between on everything, right? If you're feeling that way there, maybe you're feeling that way in your relationships. Maybe you're just, it, it's, you got to go all in on things to get the actual experience or you're just kind of like, I don't know, it'd be like just having macaroni. We're talking about macaroni and cheese in front of you and just staring at it and like just licking a couple of the noodles and wondering why you're not satisfied. I love you so much. Thank you for that. That's, it's that so like torture to me. It's so unsatisfying. I'm like, I just want the whole bowl. Like, can I shovel this in any faster? I'm anchoring that visual in ice cream. <laughs> macaroni and cheese. You can have it. You get to have it all. And I'm experiencing this right now. And I'm what I've been anchoring in. So what's been helping me is visualizing the future version of myself. Right. And I yes. think we all think about, oh, your higher self and your lower self, but it's more tangible than that. She, like, I give her a number of what she earns every single month. And then I think about, well, what would she do in this situation? And mm -hmm. this is a ritual that I've been applying every single morning is just tapping into that version of her so that there are no opportunities for distraction. That is so good. Yeah. Making decisions from that. What would she do? And sometimes in the beginning, so I've been doing something similar to that, which is crazy. I find that, I find that universal truths all find their like we create our own unique version of it. So that's a universal truth. Like you have to envision something, you have to feel something, think of something futuristic or something like that in order to make decisions or tap into something else. So 
I've been doing a version that of like tapping into different um, like female entrepreneurs that I really, really just, I, I love the way that they show up in the world. I love how they've worked in the world. I love their business. And I've been going really, truly like, what would she do in this experience? Or what do I know she did during this time? Like, it was just those moments of like, I don't care. I have to do it. Like this has to happen. So I love that. Yeah. You're, you have your higher self, which I actually ultimately think that's the most powerful vision that's going to pull you through when you can paint that version of your higher self, but you can also borrow people's like you can borrow people's um, uh, belief. You can borrow people's courage and kind of be like, okay, what would they do in this situation? And that's how I'm going to be if I want to walk that path. I agree with this so much. And I think that uh, seeing really is believing. And I know there's like, oh, you got to, you know, have faith first. And I don't subscribe to that. I believe, yes, you have to have faith. And I also believe that whatever you anchor in, you're going to look for the proof, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're anchoring in this billion dollar version of you who's creating this movement, we'll call it a movement. We're going to talk about that in a second. But if you're anchoring in that vision, if you don't see the proof that it's already possible that someone else is walking that path and she can represent that archetype for you, then you'll just default to why it won't work, right? And million percent. Mm -hmm. And this is also why you have to do the thing because you need to set the example for other women of what it looks like. Because if you continue to play small and not take action and think, well, who am I to do this? None of us would ever have permission to do the thing that we want because we wouldn't have a benchmark to reach towards. Oh my God. You so funny. For some reason, I'm forming a sentence right now that is not formed because it was a feeling for me. Like I was, I was listening to music while I was working out and there was a lot of like, I think it was like be humble, sit down or something like that, like a rap song. And, um, (laughs) the word humble to me, I realized that I had like a negative relationship with the word humble, um, because of how I had formed an opinion around it, just from how I was raised and, um, being religious and a few other things that have happened and that, you know, I was told to be humble or whatever that looks like. And I think that we can confuse being humble with being quiet (laughs) and being humble does not mean being quiet. You can be loud and proud and out there. In fact, that's the only way anything good is going to get done. But that does not mean loud and proud cannot be humble. Mm. Right? So it's the words that you're using while being loud and proud with whatever you're doing and speaking out um, that really makes a difference. And it's the intention. I was on a, a call yesterday and they had asked the difference between what is it like to be um, like shameless or um, I believe it was just courageous and i think courageous has the intention of just you know that no matter what that vision is going to pull you through you know that no matter what that vision is going to get done even if it doesn't like no no matter what happens all you have to do is keep asking because the vision actually has an energy of its own Mm -hmm. and so you need to let the you just need to guard the vision like it's like having a baby or a dog right like my (laughs) dog is a puppy right now no matter what he is going to turn into an adult as long as I just guide him and feed him and make sure I take care of him. Like that is our purpose with our dream. It's going to grow no matter what, as long as you make sure you are doing the things to nurture that dream. So we have to stop thinking like, Oh my God, this dream isn't going to happen. If X, you know, X, Y, and Z, it's like, it's still going on its own. As long as you keep showing up for it, you nurture it and you feed it every single day. Yeah. It's not going to work if you stop feeding your dog. Like your dog will die. 
So all you have to do is keep showing up and feeding it, but you don't have to like check in and be like, hey, okay, we gotta have a pep talk with the muscles today. I gotta make sure the heart's beating okay today. Like it's, your dream has a heartbeat, just show up for it. It's a lot less than you actually think. You have to just keep on being consistent and showing up. Mm. Yes, to all of that. And it's, it's this or something better. Right? It's surrendering to the outcome mm-hmm. and, and keeping the vision, the bigger picture, but surrendering how it's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure that you have a million stories about something that you wanted and the outcome turned out even better than what you had imagined because you, you released it. And I love that you brought up the word humble because it's a word that I'm literally allergic to. And I have Mm. the definition here and I want to read it. It's having or showing a modest or low estimate of one's own importance. That to me, like makes me sick to my stomach. Oh man, I've never read that definition. That is terrible. Heavy, right? It's heavy. And it brings me to this idea around celebration and what is the vibration of your celebration. And I think that sometimes when we achieve something great in our life, we hesitate to celebrate it because we don't want to seem egotistical or that we are diminishing somebody else's light. So we, we don't necessarily give ourselves permission to shine as brightly and to celebrate and fully celebrate that moment. So it's, again, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, that when you step in and own your truth and shine your light and celebrate your accomplishments, it actually gives other women permission to celebrate you, Mm -hmm. but also it gives them a bar and it gives them permission to do the same thing. And I know that this is a really core belief of yours too. Like celebration is, is at the core of everything that you're doing and what you're creating with your new company. So I'd love for you to share more about the ethos behind the brand, because I know it's evolved. I think it's like you were just saying that dream and like feeding it, but it's evolving literally by the second. So could you share a little bit more about light pink? Yes. What that means for you. Oh my gosh. Well, Light Pink is a female centric alcohol company. We also have an NA version of a rose that's coming out, which is super exciting. Um, but with that said, you know, I think it's, I, I literally love how completely different it is than everything that I've done. And you guys, when, when I, <laughs> when it came to me that I was like, this alcohol company kept showing up for me over and over and over in my like visions and what I, when I was dreaming and when I was playing and having fun and doing stupid idea time. And like, I kept asking the question, if I could do anything and I had all the money and all of the time in the world, what would that be? And I was like, I would love to create like this amazing light alcohol company that gave back to women where I could go to all these different events and speak about all of these different opportunities and options of how you can build companies, how you can raise money, how you can get people involved. And I'd want it to, I want the can to connect women. Like I want them to understand that asking a, that asking a better question can get a better answer and that we can elevate the conversation of where we're at while we're celebrating. And I was like, Oh my God, why would I be like, why would I be doing an alcohol company? Like, what are people going to think? That's what I thought all the time. Right. Cause I was kind of in this like personal development, spiritual world. And all of a sudden I want to start promoting alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and that wasn't what I wanted to do, but that was the vehicle. So at the same time, it was like, I had to kind of like get okay with that. Like get okay with this being my authentic, like that was my authentic truth. Like I drink during the week. Um, I love to celebrate. I love to connect with women in this way. Um, like I've never hidden that that's who I am at the core. You can go online. You've always seen me like 
living my life and doing those things and being social with people in that way. Um, but I had to get right with the vision first. And I, I think that that alcohol for me was just an example for so many people being like, wait, this is so off base. Like, oh my God, I, you know, why would I be an author when I was a personal trainer or whatever that looks like to you? Sometimes our vision feels so big and so opposite that you actually have to just sit with it and get right. So <laughs> I had to like sit with that and, and know that if my answer kept being to, if I, you know, had all the time in the world, all the money in the world, um, what would be fun, right? Because fun is like one of my, it's my, it's my number one. Like I need to follow that and I know that all will fall into place. So figuring out like, what is that, what is that question that you need to start asking yourself and whatever answer comes, like I sat with this for like six months before I said anything to anyone. Um, so that kept showing up is this female centric alcohol brand that connects women, gives back to women. Um, and you also get to go to all your friends events because you're sponsoring them. You get to, um, get to be in the mix of all of the, like the, the types of peers that you want to be with helping out their events or giving back to maybe their tribe or whatever that looks like. So that's where that idea came from. Um, and like I said, I think sometimes our ideas scare us or shock us. And those are the ones that you should keep sticking to. Those are the ones that you should keep on asking questions and playing with for a while. And if it doesn't go away and it's tapping you on the shoulder, it's probably meant to happen. Not probably it's meant to happen. Let's get clear on that. Um, and if you don't grab that idea, someone else is going to, and I'm not saying that from a fear standpoint, that's just how the universal law works. And it's not like once that idea is gone, you won't get another one. You're going to get another one. You're going to be delivered. They're endless. They're abundant. I think that's where the fear comes, right? It's like, if I said to myself, if I don't do this alcohol company, I'm never going to get another brainstorm like this. That is, that is a mindset of lack, but yes, absolutely. If I let it go, someone else is going to do it. It's going to be someone else's dream. And by the way, it can still be someone else's dream at the same time. But my next idea would eventually come again because we're connected to something that is, that would be like literally looking up at the sky at God or challenging the universe, whatever you believe and being like, you know, you're, you're not unlimited. Like you have no more ideas. You're fresh out. Like, no, that's literally up to you to open up that tap whenever you want. But what I'm saying is if you're getting tapped by a dream and if you had the initial like, hit of, whoa, that feels good. That feels fun. That's amazing. That dream, if you nurture it, that's going to grow. Like that's your puppy. If you mm. decide to nurture it every day, but if not, you're going to let it go. And that puppy's going to go and be adopted by somebody else. So that's all you have to know. Like it's for you. If it tapped you, there were, I, I just have to share this. Like there were so many dreams that tapped me during that time that I know if I would have given them energy, those would be successful too. There's a formula, you guys. This is not a me thing. This is not a, oh, Lori, you're successful at things. I've figured out the formula by doing it once and then trying it again and trying it again. So where people go wrong is they get tapped by the vision, but then they don't stay consistent with it or they pick one that was tapping them, but they didn't ask enough questions of themselves yet. So what do I mean by that? So I had, I had a lot of different visions tap me that were great ideas. Like, oh my God, this is a billion dollar idea. This is freaking amazing. But I took it down the road into like year one, year two, year five, and year 10. And I didn't like the role that I would have to show up in in that. And I didn't, I, it didn't seem fun to me. I knew that it would start to feel like I was pushing a boulder uphill. Um, and you're going to feel that way anyway, but it, 
it's like when your dream is your dream, you feel like you're pushing a massive boulder that is a diamond uphill. When your dream is kind of not the right dream for you, it just turns into a big, like, I don't know, boulder of coal. <laughs> it just doesn't. Hey, I use analogies. They're not all good. Okay. Roll with me. So <laughs> it is just not fun. So you have to take that one that's tapping and you have to take it down the road and you have to stay in that for a while. So you can't throw things out the window like immediately if they are tapping. So I would say, give it, give it a week, a couple weeks. Sometimes the ones that keep coming back and you're like, nope, still sounds fun. I think I'd still like to be that person in year two. Okay. What if in year three, you're no longer the CEO, but you're still able to guide the creative in the marketing. Would you still be happy? Yes, I would. I'd still love that. Okay. This vision is like really checking a lot of the boxes. Like, okay, if this puts you through hell in a handbasket and you end up losing a lot of your money over it, are you still having fun? Um, and if that checks the box, that's probably the one you should go with and you need to start taking action. And here's the thing, like I still have no idea if this is gonna turn out, even though I do, because my belief is pretty damn strong right now. Um, Cause I've been talking about it a lot. Um, you have got to move forward. And a lot of times even moving forward on that first vision, if that's not the right one, the next one is going to come because you moved forward because of the first one. Um, I feel like people, I know that I am like going on tangents right now, but I know that you've had these moments and you have to follow through with them. And it's kind of the people who have started with those dreams that are going to understand exactly what I'm saying. If you don't understand quite yet, just know that this is literally coming. So hold this podcast off until you take some, start taking some action and then listen to it again. And you'll be like, Oh damn, this is how it's getting delivered. I always say dreams get delivered. Um, like Ikea packages. So it's kind of like you go to Ikea and you look and you guys know you were, you've been in Ikea, you get all excited. Your heart is fluttering. You get that like buyer's excitement. You're like, I want this. I'm like, oh, there's so much here. And there's like this awesome kitchen over here. And there's this awesome living room over here. And you look at this kitchen and you're like, this is the kitchen. Like deliver me this kitchen. This is the dream. This is exactly it. So you get home and you start getting these like random boxes and you're, it's like all of a sudden you saw the dream for like what, maybe max five minutes. And I think this is actually like 30 seconds in your mind. So you saw that kitchen in Ikea for 30 seconds, full goosebumps. It's the one. Oh my God. I'm going to live in this kitchen. It's my dream kitchen. You get home, you start getting like a box at a time and it's like a cabinet door or a hinge. And you're like, what the hell? How does this even go together? Wait, I had no idea that I was going to be the person who was supposed to put this kitchen together. I have no experience putting kitchens together. I don't even have the tools. Okay. Well, the first thing you do is you try to go figure out what the tools are. You try to figure out like it's, it's literally piece together piece by piece. And what's going to happen is that kitchen, they didn't tell you that when you checked out and you bought it, that it, it's actually going to take about five to seven years to build because they're going to slowly deliver you the pieces. Those jerks did not tell you that on year five, they're going to send you your sink. It's like the most important part. <laughs> and so you're sitting waiting and you're like, it's broken. This kitchen is a, it's a disaster. It's a failure. I'm missing this piece, except you literally, it gets delivered slowly and it gets delivered by different people. So every single delivery man is going to be different. Every single thing is going to show up different and you got to recognize it when it shows up and you have to be so patient. So I always think of that just like, okay, things aren't delivered yet. They're just not, they're on back order. It's totally fine. Mm. 
that is probably the best analogy I've ever heard when it comes to building a business or building your dreams. And you, you just broke that down so eloquently. And I, I get those feelings when I go to Ikea, I get in the energy of something Mm -hmm. and I get in the vibration of it. And it feels like you actually have a visceral experience, you know, as you're walking around from those little like room (laughs) to rooms, like some of them, you're like, eh, some of them you have like a negative reaction and others you like feel the tingle that I could see myself living in this vision. Mm-hmm. So I love that you said that. And I, I know for me, when the idea came to start this podcast, why I was sitting in so much resistance was I wasn't fully anchored into the vision. I couldn't see the three and five and 10 year vision like you were sharing. And it was because there were a lot of things that for me personally, I had to clear in my life and energy that I had to shift and space that I had to create in order to feel even more connected to it. So mm-hmm. I love how you, how you shared that, but I want to talk about that exact thing, creating space and evolving as a person in order to bring the vision to life. Because sometimes the woman who you are today isn't necessarily the woman you need to be to grow that vision, right? So Mm -hmm. something that I know that you are so fierce with when it comes to everything you do is rituals and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And as you are stepping into this new archetype of, you know, running a billion dollar company and in a space that's so completely new to you, what have been some of the new rituals and, and boundaries that you've had to anchor in in order to create the space for this? Because I'm sharing this because I know your partner, Chris, is also in this space of stepping into his gifts. So there's probably mm-hmm. some new boundaries and new rituals that you've had to create in order to, to step into this new version of you. Oh, such a good question. And, and everyone's going to have to do this no matter where they are and what they're stepping into. So this is like vital right now. Um, the amount of great things that you are going to have to say no to is actually staggering, but because they're great things. Like I can't even tell you, there's so many like people that I would love to collaborate with. There's so many podcasts I'd love to be on. There are, there is a book inside of me that would love to come out, but you will have moments where you really think you can do them. But this is where self-awareness is like, the number one thing that you need to tap into about where you're at. It's not, you, you need to know where you're going, but you need to know who you're dealing with right now. Like what you are actually physically and mentally capable of doing. Because sometimes, sometimes we can feel like our highest self and we can make decisions from our higher self but we don't live in our highest self all day long in our highest. And what I'm saying, highest self to like, are in, you know, thinking that we can do all the things and we have energy for all the things. I don't know how many times I've said to myself, I can do it all. I've got it. I feel super motivated. Like I can totally do her podcast. I can totally, you know, I'm just going to write for an hour a day. That's it. But what, what I know about myself is that it's not just about that hour a day that I'm writing. There's a feeling that comes with that of dread every day if I don't hit that goal. So for me, there's a willpower that starts draining before I write that day because it goes like this. You haven't written yet. I know you have all those emails and I know that you have to do all that really important business stuff to move your actual business forward. But you promised yourself you would write and this other person's writing this book and you want to get this book out, right? All of, every single thing is coming in. And it's starting to drain my willpower. So I did this at the beginning of this quarantine. I was like, I'm going to write a book. And I started writing. 
And all of a sudden I was like, you are not being very real with yourself, Lori. Like you're not being very self-aware. I was like, what do you actually want? You need to tap into your vision again. Like you said, Melissa, like you're like, I wasn't clear enough. I'm like, you're not sitting in the vision and the clarity enough. Like, wh what do you want? You want another book? You want to be scattered? You want this like part move toward? What do you want? And I was like, this vision is the baby uh, with this company. You have to say no to other things because you only... I don't have a lot of willpower during the day to do a lot of things. I'm just being really honest. A lot, a, a lot of people have a lot more and I know some people have less for me. I've got about a good three to four hour window max a day that I have to break up a little bit where I can get really focused and clear and try to figure out what I'm doing and like focus on what I'm doing. So if I'm using let's just be honest. If I'm writing, that's two hours because the whole, for a whole hour, I'm like kind of draining my willpower and you need to do this. You need to make this happen. Um, and then I I'm draining about an hour of willpower with like, you have to just do your day-to-day -day stuff that has to keep up like your emails and all of the other things. And then you have family. So honestly, I probably have about an hour to two good hours to move my business forward, but you guys would not believe what you can do with one to two hours of moving your business forward a day, like you can have an insane business. What people don't realize is you have to get so self-aware to start getting rid of a lot of things in your life. And this has now taken me, I didn't even realize I took all last year to start learning how to say no to everything because it just kept creeping in. Like I was looking at my schedule and I'm like, okay, in two weeks, I have a pretty clear week. Like I have two full days there. I have nothing. Then all of a sudden I'd show up and be like, I booked only like two one hour appointments, but you guys, it takes 20 to 30 minutes just to get your focus back from those appointments. And then I would be doing nothing except for those things during the day. So again, I was doing things for other people and yes, they felt great to me, but it wasn't my schedule. It was their, it was their agenda, right? It wasn't my agenda of the business. It was their agenda. It doesn't make them bad. It makes you not able to get focus and not, you're not putting your dream first. So I have to, every single day, I'm like, what am I sacrificing if I take this? And there will be things that come in, like, honestly, Melissa, like I've been saying no to every, pretty much every single call or podcast, but I was like, this is important. She's a, you know, she's a friend. I really cannot wait to be on this pocket. Like there will be things like that, that you have to have a, a weighing scale. And I'm only saying that because literally you have to have a scale. Like you have to know if that person who's asking falls in to these criteria that you have in your head. You have to start having a system. I'm telling you, if you don't have a system and you're not clear on what you're saying yes and no to, you're gonna be in the gray and the gray is actually gonna drain your willpower where you're trying to see if you should say yes or no to this thing. So I have a very clear, here's my system of who I say yes and who I say no to and who I say in the future. Like I'm not going to lie to somebody and tell them I'm going to take a rain check if I'm never going to do that podcast or if I'm never going to work with them. I'm really, really clear because I'm not, I'm not going to just put the thing off to take even more time in the future and, and make them think I am going to do that. That might sound super like uh, maybe a little bit harsh to some people, but you guys, when you start when you start living in your, like in your vision and you're truly lining up to your vision, your vision is fierce. Like your, your purpose on this planet gets really clear and it starts making the decisions for you. Um, because it's the thing that you're the guardian of it and it's meant to come out. And that's just how I view it. Like God put me on this planet with this thing and it is up to me from him 
to protect it. That's how serious I'm taking it because I know what it's going to do for women and what it's going to show them. Um, so it becomes a really easy measurement system from there of, you know what, I have to get this thing out first and then I can go and do all these things because right now my only job for women, instead of, you know, getting on their shows or helping them in this way, like I have a lot of little things that I, I help people with along the way, but my main focus for women is to be the light and permission and show them what you have to do to get this bigger vision out. So that's really what I'm sitting in right now. Um, and, you know, I, I do think it's really important to, just take a little mental note right here and maybe we'll talk about it, Melissa. I'm not sure what you want to, where you want to go with this one, but literally to like create that system of how, what you say yes and no to and create your templates, whether they are emails that you send for like questions you get over and over all the time or create a script. Like I'm not even kidding you, write it down so that you are, if you get a question a lot or people try to pigeonhole you, not in a bad way. It's just what happens sometimes pigeonhole you when you're out, um, in a group or at an event, like a lot of times I'll be at an event and people be like, will you be on my podcast? You have to have an answer ready for that. Or you're going to say yes. And then when you're trying to get your stuff done, you'll have all of these yeses that you said yes to that you're resenting. And that's not the energy that you want to bring on that person's podcast anyway. So get your nose ready, like have exactly what you're going to say ready, or you're good. It's going to go back to, you know, having your schedule filled and not being able to protect your vision. I love this. And you have been such a great example of what it looks like to have fierce boundaries because we've had conversations like this before and I've seen other people ask you for things or you've shared stories or I've asked you for things. And it's really been a beautiful example of how you can say no in a way that's really, really self-honoring to you and very, very clear to the other person. So I love that you shared that. And I'm finding that I'm in that energy right now too, of being very aware of what I'm giving my energy to. And what's coming through for me right now as we're having this conversation is this notion of people pleasing and the fear of hurting other people's feelings and rejection and making them feel like they're not important. But I think that, like you said, when you anchor your vision in and you understand how many lives it's going to impact and the bigness of it, you have to prioritize, right? Otherwise you're just pulled in a million directions and you don't get anything done. And this to me is how resistance shows up. Mm -hmm. So like you were saying, you can build your business in an hour and a half a day. We have a lot of network marketers that listen to this conversation. I know you and I both have um, shared experience in network marketing where you can build a multiple six figure income with one hour a day, but you have to be super focused on it. And what happens is when you start saying yes to everything, you get really, really busy, but you're not productive. And that for me, I know is a mechanism of resistance where if I just fill my calendar with yeses to everybody else and I become everyone else's hype woman and I promote their stuff and I'm helping them grow their businesses and I'm doing all those things for them and saying yes to them and their mission and their dreams. Well, there's no time for me to mm -hmm. be big and to show up. And so how that shows up in my life is, is massive resistance. So making that mindset shift around know like what I have to share is important. And this mission has been given to me for a reason. If I don't execute on it, I'm going to sit in FOMO and judgment and resentment because I'm going to watch other women live their dreams. And I'm still sitting here, you know, mad that I'm not getting to where I want to go, but the only person responsible for that is me. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that you, I love that you shared that because I think what keeps a lot of people stuck from actually taking the first step is they're just busy versus being productive. Oh my God. So yes is a drug and, and you're addicted to it. 
it's literally you we're like, no, we're not. We don't want to be saying like, we don't want to be doing all these things. Like, yes, it's literally a drug and it's serving you. It's keeping you from having to sit in the uncertainty of wondering if you're enough for your dream. It's keeping you from sitting in the uncertainty of worrying about people thinking that you're bad or gossiping about you. It's keeping you from things. And we are doing it intentionally. Like we're doing it like unconsciously, but we're doing it because we're trying to avoid something. So we're actually choosing it. And I just, I came to this realization that I was literally numbing out on yes, because yes was something that made me feel good about myself a while. Like it was distracting me from feeling bad about not going, um, for my vision because it was a way to still feel productive in certain things because we can say, right. Once you get to the point where you, you kind of are like, maybe you've experienced a little bit of success we can like literally trip out on yes, because what happens is once you've experienced some success, you get comfortable. People start to know you for a new identity. You start to really like that identity, especially if she's liked by people. I think sometimes the more we grow, the harder it can be to grow. And sometimes when we level up, the harder it can be to level up because now you're in this new place where you have to be a beginner in order to go to the next level. And it's really easy to numb out on yes by doing things you're already good at and people love you for and you get credit for and people adore you for and oh my God, thank you. And you feel wanted and you feel needed because in the place of your next level, you're not wanted yet. You're not needed yet. You know nothing. You might get a lot of no's and it does not feel good. And a lot of times you don't know what to do. So you're sitting in just horrible uncertainty with new groups of people who don't freaking even know your name. So all of a sudden you subconsciously do it and you answer that email and you start saying yes to the things because you just are good at it. And it just numbs you out and it just takes your time. And it's so much easier to blame somebody else, even though you're a high level person, you don't even know you're doing it. It's so much easier to blame someone else for you saying yes to it than having to sit in the uncertainty of leveling up. Mm. Man, I feel that it's like your default, right? Cause mm -hmm. you're on autopilot and it feels comfortable. So I totally resonate with that. And I feel like there's a lot of women that stay, you know, in their corporate careers because they're making multiple six figures. They're number one on their teams. They're really, really great at what they do. And the idea of walking away from all of that is scary. So mm -hmm. I can totally, I think a lot of women listening are going to, are going to relate to that. So if you are sitting in that person's shoes and they're saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make this transition and I'm going to take this first step. What would you say when you were starting your business, what were the top three non-negotiables that you had to set when it came to your energy, um, your calendar and what you were willing to allow into like your energy bubble? The first thing that came to mind was actually my calendar. Um, so I'm going to start with that one. I, I learned really quickly. And, you know, I, I think because growing up um, in, a, in a family where like weight was actually a struggle, um, I had started working out at a younger age and that helped me learn what consistency does and actually looks like. So anybody who's ever gone on a weight loss journey or trying to get more fit or whatever, that takes so much time and you've got to show up every day, but eventually in results come in like, I know this sounds weird and I know, you know, this, this doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> results come in a day after years of not seeing them. 
And that's just how it works. Like all of a sudden you've been, you've been working hard for three months. You've been exercising, you've been working out, you've been lifting weights and you're like, I still kind of, you know, look the same. I still feel like the Stay Puff marshmallow. And then all of a sudden you wake up and you have, you have like an ab popping through and you're like, where did this ab come from? And where's his friend? Hopefully he invites his friend soon, but it's just how it works. It'll be like three months of nothing and you're working out and you're working so hard and something just clicks. So then, and you'd have to know that's how this works. So first of all, consistency is key. And I knew that from working out. So I hadn't, it didn't, I didn't understand it yet. Cause I hadn't seen it in business yet, but what I was like, I was like, okay, consistency every day. So what I would do is I would say, I have to have an appointment just about every day in network marketing. You want to have an appointment just about every day with a new lead. So what that meant to me, because appointments are what, um, get the job done. Appointments are where you close someone and where you do needle moving actions take place where you get a new customer, they sign up and you get money. That's the end outcome. So if I want that, that means that I need to make sure that I'm having appointments in my calendar every day. Okay, what will that look like then? If I need four to 10 appointments next week, how many people will I need to talk to? How many conversations will I need to have to do that? And how will I have them? So that's what I did all the time. I was like, and you know, when I look at my calendar, I need to have these appointments filled. Okay, what does that mean? How long will that take? How many outreaches will it take? Everything can be broken down. So I want to take this now to a business that's totally new for me because I'm in this place of like, I have no freaking idea what my calendar needs to look like to move forward. This is a really, I'm in the beginning with you guys. I'm like, what does it actually, what's going to move it forward? I don't freaking know. So right now I'm really focusing on like trying to find the relationships that are going to help move it forward because I don't have the answers. I actually have to make relationships to move it forward. Um, so Right now I had to write down who I need. Like, who do I need to talk to? Okay, I need to talk to somebody who has been a top exec at an alcohol company so that I can get some answers. I need to talk to somebody in supply chain. I need to talk to somebody um, who was a marketing expert for an alcohol company. I don't know any of those people right now, none. So where would they be? Okay, I think some are on LinkedIn. Okay, some I have contacts too. I know this girl who worked at this magazine who had all of these contacts. Okay, I gotta talk to her first. I'm gonna ask. Okay, I'm gonna go on LinkedIn and I'm gonna look at supply chain stuff because I don't freaking know anybody in supply chain right now. Um, <laughs> but I'm just gonna search that and see it in, in titles and I'm gonna reach out and see if anybody's willing to get on the phone. Um, so you have to piece this together, have your lists and move backwards and say this week, these are the people I need to be on the phone with or by next week in order to start getting some answers and ask them who they know and if they'd be willing to direct me to my next step. What would you do if you were me in my shoes? These are the questions I'm asking. What would your next step be? Who should I be looking for? What questions should I be asking? This is literally what I'm doing all week long, every single day. I am piecing puzzle pieces together to fill my calendar to make sure I'm making progress. So it's one giant puzzle piece. Um, so then your other question was, what are, what are non-negotiables? Uh, is that right? Yeah. 
with your um, energy, like, what do you non, like, what's the non-negotiable? Cause I know, and I love this by the way. And I, it's like a, it's like you said, it's like a, a puzzle piece. I'm visualizing like Tetris, like where do the pieces fit? And, um, but part of that comes with preserving your energy and you, you know, this, we all know that your environment is stronger than your will. So when you live in a small town of 7,000 people and you have this big dream or you're in the Midwest and you have a dream to be a fitness model, there are, aside from those conversations, there are some really, really strong boundaries that you need to have around what you let in to the Mm -hmm. four walls of your energetic field of your mindset and what you consume. And it's not always easy when you live in an environment that maybe doesn't support your growth. So even in this environment that you're in right now, I know you're in a really supportive environment that supports your growth, but I'm sure there's new agreements that you have to make with yourself around Mm -hmm. what you will and will not let in to your energy field. You know, I'm going to use a really, what, what might seem basic, but, um, even just, there's a lot of days right now that go by that I don't answer my DMS where I used to. And that was actually a non-negotiable for me to answer all of my DMS. And I was like, I actually can't do it because I find that even an hour really, really drains me because of how I want to be answering them. So what I also, what I've decided is like, when I answer them, I have to let it be okay. If it's just a heart, like if I'm just sending back an emoji, which to me sometimes is like the worst, but it's like, at least it's an acknowledgement. I want them to know, like I came in here and like, you know, I, I see them. I do. I see all of them and I'm so grateful for all of them, but I've, I've had to learn. You have to start paying attention to every little thing that drains your energy. Like Um, I, you know, I, I was in a Jack Canfield training years and years ago, and it was a three week super intensive training. And he said, in order to operate at the level he operates and, you know, be able to maintain not so much the success, but the levels in in which his business is performing, right. These high levels, he said, every month he walks through his house and he makes a list with somebody and he goes through and he says, every single thing that's been bugging him, that picture is crooked. There's a Nick on the wall, this needs to get fixed. This has been bothering me. He said, because every time I walk by, I can't afford for it to even take 1% of my thought process. And he said, because it's draining me and I need to focus that all on my businesses, on my wife and on, you know, whatever else is important to me. And that made me realize the level, as you start leveling up, you are truly, you only you're not like becoming superhuman. You're becoming a master of your environment. And so that's all you are mastering your environment, which means your friends, your brain and your home and who you let into those things. Mm. So for me, I am noticing that more than I can possibly tell you. I'm like, where am I, where am I leaking anything? Where is it not working? And what do I have to make peace with in order to be able to get this time back and to safeguard my energy? And I'm having to make a lot of peace with my, with my DMS, with, um, you know, not answering certain outreaches for the podcast with having to get really clear with where I'm at with it, just all of the no's and all the different things like that. Hmm. This reminds me of like, uh, what we were talking about earlier, the difference between being and doing right. So Mm -hmm. when you're being your higher self, but you're not, you're not acting in a congruent manner, you can be in the beingness of this archetype woman who's super successful and she has this amazing business, but then you're still stuck in the doingness 
of Mm -hmm. things that drain your energy. And it's when those two things actually come together that you have massive transformation. You have the doingness that matches the beingness. And something that I've been anchoring in, as I shared earlier, was this archetype of uh, a woman who earns $300,000 a month. And how does she act and what does she do? And one of the things that she does not do is leave open loops Mm -hmm. because they drain her energy. Right. And like you're saying, like it's little things like I need to go to the post office and I need to update my car insurance or whatever it is. And it's these open loops that keep running in the back of your mind of, and they, they drain your energy and they take up space. And I know that money, abundance, clients, the universe flows through the path of least resistance. So to your point, if you're walking through your house and you're seeing a pile of mail that needs to be dealt with, or the laundry's not done, or there's projects that are incomplete, it leaves this incomplete energy and it makes it super challenging for you to actually complete things in your business because you don't, and then you don't feel successful. Then you feel like I'm not actually moving forward. And that's also, I think another form of resistance and self-sabotage is purposefully leaving these open loops. So I really loved Mm. that you, that you shared that and even open loops and relationships, right? Like things that get swept under the rug or difficult conversations that you need to have. And, um, you know, just, just, creating that space so that you are free to step into that next version of you. So I I really love that you shared that. And speaking of creating space, I want to talk a little bit about masculine and feminine energy. So one of the things I know a lot of women that are listening are going to come up against or they're in, they're experiencing right now is this balance between masculine and feminine energies, right? So you're in a relationship, you've been working your corporate nine to five job, and now you're going to start your own company and you're growing in your leadership development and your light and you're stepping into your gifts. And that requires this dance between masculine and feminine energies. And I know that you and your, and your husband, Chris have navigated through some of this. You're both super successful entrepreneurs. So how do you balance that energy so that you can still show up in your relationship and your feminine energy, and then tap into your masculine when it comes to being a total boss? This is always super challenging for me. I, this has to be like an actual reminder Um, in like, I have to, I have to create a voice around it and remind myself like, Hey, okay, business is done for the day. I I personally have to put my phone away at a certain time. Um, because there's something, and maybe I'm going to share. So, because I think women can relate, like, I feel like my husband can switch it on and off faster. Like sometimes he'll be, um, in between work and he'll be able to like, you know, he can come up to me maybe while he's working, give me a hug or something. And for me, if I'm working and he like hugs me or touches me, it literally feels like nails on a chalkboard if I'm in business mode and I'm obsessed with him, but it, I, I cringe and I'm like, I am obsessed with my husband. But when he does that to me while I'm in the, like my masculine, like driving mode, I'm like, are you serious? And he doesn't get it. Like, so we've had to have conversations cause it makes him feel so bad. And now he'll like hug me and I'm like, like I'm, I'm learning to be like, okay, like it's just a moment, but there's something that actually physically happens in my anatomy that I am not open for business for, for, <laughs> I'm not open for like hugs or anything of the sorts. Like it's a true, it's a true, like it's a different lane. It's a different focus. It's like a different, um, personality type. I'm, de- I'm definitely stepping into a different persona. So with that said, I, how do I support myself around that? Number one, 
I want to be in that energy when I'm getting, when I'm really getting stuff done and I'm super focused and I'm really trying to think, um, about what's going to happen in the future. And I'm very, I'm in the tactical stuff. Like that's my energy. Um, so I support myself around it by having a conversation around it. Like I'll say, Hey, I, I love you. High five. I'm doing something, you know, and he'll know. Cause we, we've had a great conversation around when I'm here. This is how I feel. I'm so, I'm so sorry, but this is actually what is going on when this happens. So he's super clear on that and he's great with it. And sometimes he still does it and thinks it's funny, but for the most part, that's what that is. And then, then in the evening I have to go and walk it off. Like in order for me to transition, I can't just like jump in a phone booth and be like, here I'm a beautiful, your wife is out. It's like, I have to, I'm like, I would be the worst superhero because I would be like changing over three miles. I'd like put the mask on first or whatever that looks like. So it, it's a slow transition. You have to have a transition ritual. And for me, it's a walk. Um, for you, it might be just kind of like sitting or going into a different room and reading or winding down or whatever, you know, having a kombucha, having a cocktail, whatever you need to do to go like wind down into a bit of a softness or a bit of like letting the drive go, you know? Mm. Um, so I think creating a ritual around it is really important, but it's tough, man, in the beginning of your business. Cause you've got to spend a lot of time in that different energy to move forward, like to, to really move the needle. Like you can't look at a rocket ship and be like, why you always got to be so fiery. It's like, well, shit, I got to break through the atmosphere. Like, you know, so <laughs> you can't be like what but why can't you just be like you are when you're out in outer space and turn everything off and float you're so pretty when you do that you're like because i am breaking through the atmosphere right now like it just you have to be there so sometimes it's funny i remember when the um like the whole the whole conversation around like softening and being feminine and going slower that was happening when i had to break through the atmosphere i did not resonate i was like i get it I know what you're saying, but you can't say that when you're leveling up what I did take from it. And I'm not making everybody, anybody wrong because that conversation is so important and needs to be had. What I think the conversation could transition to is that you can find pieces of softness throughout your day, but majority is going to be spent in certain places in order to get through because I, I have never gotten to a new level of myself. I have never even reached a new level of spirituality. I've never reached a new level of business success without going to an extreme, you know? So, and I mean that by saying even let's, let's use even like spiritual terms, right? I've had to like go sit in the jungle for weeks at a time and like go meditate to like kind of be like, Oh, I get it. Like I understand. And that's pretty damn extreme. Or you have to like read certain books or hang around only certain groups of people or go to some event that really pushes you you have to get to your edges to understand that. And that's going to take a totally different, in my opinion, for me, it can take a very masculine energy because even when I was sitting in the jungle, I had to be in an energy of you got to show up girlfriend and then soften. Right. So it's a dance between both. And, and I think like you can't knock either of them ever in your life because you will have to have huge portions of your life where you're in the softness and you'll have to honor that because you're not going to want to be there. All your friends are going to be like making shit happen left and right. And maybe your family needs attention. Maybe your kids need, need attention. And that might be for years. And it's just like honoring wherever you're at and including little pieces of it. So if you find yourself as a new mom or you find yourself where you really have to pay attention to your family or your parents, maybe are, you know, ill or older, whatever that looks like. It's like maybe find a little piece of the um, masculine 
and keep that a part of your day, whatever that looks like. Maybe that's 30 minutes. Maybe that's touch points with, you know, different uh, people who also have a business and they want to help move your business forward with you and you want to help move theirs. Like intertwine both as much as you, whenever you can, because that's who we are. We're both. And we really crave both. Um, yeah, it's, it's not easy. So I think in a relationship, you just have to have your rituals. Yeah. And ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. So I, I love to transition by changing my outfit, you know, actually stepping out of the room that I'm creating in. And then Mm -hmm. I would foresee in the near future, popping open a light pink and listening to some swanky jazz music. So I'm obsessed with this conversation. I love you, Lori, so much. Thank you for giving your time so freaking generously and just being the light. And if people want to get into your vortex, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Uh, best way to connect is just either Instagram. You can go to at Lori Harder or at Drink Light Pink. Um, I'm kind of living in those two places right now. And I just want to say um, thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited you have a podcast. You're an amazing host. You're one of the best coaches I know. You are an incredible speaker. Um, You show up for people. You are super authentic. And I'm just grateful that you're in my life. So thank you for having me on this awesome, amazing top one million podcast. It's going to be freaking awesome. We're just manifesting it right now. Yes. I'm (laughs) receiving all of that. So last question what are you celebrating right now? I'm, you know what I'm celebrating. Um, I'm proud of myself right now because I'm just every day I'm really uncomfortable and I'm proud of how I'm handling it. Um, so I'm, I'm actually celebrating, I'm celebrating myself because I know that by doing this, I'm going to be able to help so many other women celebrate this exact feeling and where they're at right now. So that sounds selfish, but I'm not going to apologize even though I just did. (laughs) <laughs> no, I think it's, it doesn't sound selfish at all. I think it sounds really self-aware and I just, mm. I'm so grateful for you. So thank you so much. You guys, if you love this episode, which I know you will, cause I'm obsessed with it, make sure you share it. Um, tag Lori, tag me on Instagram. Let us know what your biggest takeaway was. And until next time, live your boldly courageous life. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It is truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to fully step into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes and leaving me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life.